Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. It is Halloween, and it's going to be a nipply one, so the... Uh... Canadian tradition of getting all dressed up and then putting a winter coat over your uh, costume will probably be in full effect because <laughs> with the wind chill, we'll be down around like minus one or minus two. There's the, uh, a female comedian, Taylor Tomlinson, who has a bit about um, just, you know, she's uh, single and dating and, and she's dating, you know, a man in his 20s or 30s um, and getting to put a condom on is much like trying to get a five-year-old to put a, a coat over their Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> the classic Jerry Seinfeld bit uh, about walking around. Superman. Superman with his winter coat on. But, yeah, it is what it is. It's going to be a cold one. I only remember, and it sticks out in my memory, when we were living, this would have been early 2000s, uh, no, late, uh, late 1990s, I think. Anyhow, uh, Halloween came around and the, the boys were going out and it must have been like plus 17. Like it was just mm. a crazy warm night. There have been some of those. And I remember them like it, whatever their costumes were for that year, they weren't, it was the complete opposite. They were literally sweating and dying in them. <laughs> That's right. I remember just sitting out in the driveway with my neighbors in like shorts and t-shirts drinking beer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that won't be the case. Not today. this time. New, no, because, uh, as Lucky had mentioned in the news, the, uh, frost is on the car. I had to, uh, get out and fire it up and let it warm up for a few minutes, uh, before leaving the driveway. So give yourself some time on that. They're saying, you know, two to four degrees, uh, will be the temperature at, at Halloween trick or treating time. And with the wind chill, it'll be like minus one yeah. or minus two. And could actually see rain. And depending on if you're thinking western part of the, the the GTA. All right. Yeah, I know they're saying tomorrow we could see some flurries, the F word. I know north of us they've already encountered some Uxbridge and such. Had it. Right. But uh, we might see it around the GTA tomorrow. I mean, nothing that'll stick or cause much uh, issue, but you might see some of the white stuff tomorrow. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is coming, all you fall lovers. Last night, uh, the panic was on to get the uh, pumpkins carved, so I did what I do. I went into the back room and watched television while Maria <laughs> carved the pumpkins. Uh, ours were done. They were done while I was away. Mm. And uh, I just I noticed there's seeds everywhere. Of course. And uh, and bits of pumpkin. I don't know what it's doing in the house, though, but I, I, I think I noticed some in the fridge. When I got up this morning... Um, she had the whole island covered in assorted uh, carving utensils and two or three pumpkins and bowls of seeds and guts of pumpkins. And uh, I got up this morning. It was completely cleaned and all gone. I don't even know where her pumpkins are. Oh. Unless she just got fed up and tossed them <laughs> at about 1 o'clock in the morning. I didn't hear any ruckus, and I didn't hear her come to bed, so I don't know what the hell went on. Anyhow, uh, we'll see. I'm going to race out today and grab some boxes of candy. Okay. And we'll stand by the front door. I'll get my little You don't seem overly prepared for the uh, the situation. Well, we were down to the last minute. As of Sunday, we had uh, decided not to bother. Oh, when I say we, I just listen as Maria talks. And I, right. she was like, I, I don't have the time anymore. This working full time is getting in the way. <laughs> uh, she said, I think we're just going to lock the door and forget it this year. And I, well, whatever you want to do, it's fine. I don't, you know, I don't care either way. Really? And, uh, and then as of last night, I guess she got the energy to, to jump in because she's, she's totally into all of this and she would just be so disappointed in herself if she didn't. Yeah. I mean, when we had kids, when the kids were little, okay, of course you're into it because they're into it, but 
you know, now we're just old and angry. So why yeah. uh, lock the door and call it a night? But um, as what is it like? Half of uh, Canadians are going to do anyhow. I'm shocked, yeah, almost half saying yeah. they're not. They're not even going to partake. And I thought, you know what? It's not about you. Mm. <laughs> it's just hand out a couple of pieces of candy, and if you run out, buy one box. If you run out, you run out. You know it, what it is? Is we are all just at the height of laziness, and we only now want to do what we want to do. Which yeah. I, I'm. Listen, I've said this to you before. With age comes that. I like that. I'll just do what I want to do, and I won't do anything that puts me out of my way if I don't want to do it. You know what the and interesting? So many of us are doing that now. We just oh, to have to get up and down and back and forth from the door. Right. I well, what I find interesting though, because I think like for people who say, oh, it's just so annoying to have to do all of that. Shut out the lights. Mm. Some kids are still going to knock on your door, mm-hmm. and you're still going to hear them, mm-hmm. and, you, and it's going to only infuriate you more. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just going to sit in there and stew. And if yeah. that's you, then I hope it happens, to be honest, that, that if you're, you're sitting around being a grouch and not handing out some candy to the kids, then then let them knock on your door and, I and take say, you off. I would say, you know what, if you don't want to hand out candy, you don't have to. And I well, would also say to all parents and children, if the lights are off and the door is closed... Leave them alone. Yeah. Well, the parents, if if they're out with them, probably will. But otherwise, some of the kids will just keep coming. Yeah. Well, that's when I'm going to have uh, some sort of setup to uh, soak them. Some kind of <laughs> hose or bucket or something. Splash over. Get them. off my lawn. That's right, you little buggers. Anyhow, so as uh, Maria was uh, carving the pumpkins, and I was sitting in the back room watching TV. I found the uh, shameless uh, documentary on Crave. Okay. The, the full thing. Yeah, or Smartless. I keep calling it Shameless because I'm so used to that show. Right. I uh, know. The Smartless documentary where they uh, go on the road and boss. Oh, okay. The Will Some Arnett of those look pretty funny. Sean Hayes. And, yeah, you know, just the, uh, the relationship between Will Arnett and Jason Bateman, they just never stop busting each other's balls. Mm-hmm. And it's always food-related. You know, like Will will be ordering food and Jason will have that, you know, kind of sarcastic, oh, second lunch? (laughs) And Sean Hayes, he he participates, but he never really seems to uh, get great shots at them. Like, they beat up on him. Right. He's very... He's very willing to be the punching bag. Or that's too quick for him, I think. Yeah. But there's a great moment in one of the... uh, I think it's the third or fourth episode. That's how much time I had last evening as Maria was carving the pumpkins. Um, where it, for the first ten minutes, they just talk about um, their childhood. And it, it gets very kind of serious. And, and it just very insightful because Will grew up in Toronto. Right. Uh, comes from um, um, upper middle class. Uh, had a fairly, um, you know, um, a fairly good childhood. His father made quite a bit of dough. I think he was a big shot with a... Molson's and uh, Sean Hayes' life was just complete disarray because his father bailed on him and his like four siblings and his mom when he was quite young because he was a raging alcoholic and so they had absolutely nothing. And then Jason Bateman was a TV star from the time he was like ten. Right. So yeah, no. If you're if you got crave and if you like the smartless podcast, it's uh. Well, if you haven't heard of it, it's very good. Yeah. It, it, and all based upon you know the three actors mm-hmm. who are all buddies, mm-hmm. and it, and one brings a guest that the yeah. other 
others don't know is coming. So unprepared in some of their questions, and it makes for interesting conversations sometimes. And they uh, they certainly don't try to hide anything. Their uh, trip into Boston was a complete disaster because they did two shows in one night, and the first guest was a big star, and the second guest was not. Oh. But by the second show, people had been drinking yeah. and, and wanted to be, I don't know, entertained. <laughs> And like people are yawning and falling asleep, really? and, and they show, and people are like leaving, and you can see people by mouthing to each other, like "Who is this guy?" Yeah, <laughs> and it was Jason Bateman's guest, so you know Will Arnett piled on. A, a thousand adults were asked if their parents had ever pressured them to have children of their own. The "When are you going to give me grandkids?" question, and as you'd expect, it's a common thing, and our moms are usually the one doing it. They're the one that are going to push for the Of course, right. Fathers are just thinking, oh, it's going to be an expense Mm -hmm. to spend money on these little rugrats. I mean, some dads, you know, I know my dad wanted grandchildren. Yeah. But, you know, I don't don't think he was ever pushing for it. No. I I kind of look at parenting or just the way I've done it or the way Maria and I have done it is I, I don't really ever think I've pushed too many of my wants, needs, or demands, or desires on them. Right. That whole thing of like, well, you have to do this because I made you. Well, you know, the truth is they didn't ask to be born. Right. You decided to throw caution to the wind and, and make a baby. Now it's not all of a sudden on their lap to make you happy. Uh, so when it came to all aspects of their life, I'm just like, okay, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, I don't even know that I'll be uh, the father of married kids. It looks to me like right. Daniel and Ariel. Although I know they're still getting their life organized, and he just found a new job here, and so he's getting on top of that. So maybe in the, the next few years, and everybody waits now, right? Everybody waits into their 30s. Like, you were into your 30s yep. before you got married, right? Mm-hmm. So, And I was like 26, and Maria was 24, and I remember at our wedding just thinking, oh, I'm way too young for this. <laughs> <laughs> I see all my buddies at my open bar draining it. And I just thought, what have I done? Now, in retrospect, looking back, having our kids younger was also, at the time, stressful. But now I go, well, I've got this, hopefully, many years ahead of me to do my thing, whatever my thing is. Um, So, yeah, if they never gave us grandchildren, ah. You know, David, I don't think he's he's of the mindset that he doesn't want to bring kids into this world. Mm. Now... Again, that can all change. He, you know, he's dating somebody. I don't know where this relationship is going, but if uh, they end up getting married, or she says to him, you know, I want kids, you know, he might change his mind on. True. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, that can that can have an effect. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think either Daniel nor Ariel seem to want kids. Not right. right now, anyhow. Well, again, now, as we've talked about so many times, in general, as a society, we're more just, uh, we, our time is more precious mm. to us, right? We're, we're living for us. Right. Not necessarily. And, and kids, for, for many, are seen as, you know, a buzzkill. Yeah. You know, all of That's that. true. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> now, you're a long ways away from this, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> Dad, I got some news. I'm going to sell the hockey gear and buy a, uh, a cradle. Right. Um, again, years away from all of this, but would you be probably like your father in that you would want grandchildren, or do you think Adrian would want them more than you? Or? Oh, I think definitely Adrian would, would want 
the or might be more urging. Right. Yeah, it's, it's more the the questioning, right? Like mm. dads don't sit around and question. So you having grandkids uh, right. anytime soon, or right. you know, unless they're worried about the expense of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and or pointing out that they can't afford it. Well, it's the same with the idea of a wedding. I'm like stall, stall, stall because <laughs> I can't afford the cost of it. Yeah, but I think and the mom tends to be more the one saying, "Hey, are we mm. gonna are we gonna do this?" Because they're they're looking for that in their lives mm-hmm. too. When you want to babysit or someone yep. new to take care of and then send home. That's why a lot of parents, when the kids leave the nest, end up getting puppies or whatever. Because yeah, the mom always wants something to baby. There's probably an element for grandparents too that look at it and go. I want you to suffer like I did. <laughs> I, I want you to know how hard I had it. Yeah. Right? Like, do you want to prove to them? Yeah, my dad used to say to me all the time, I, I guess when Daniel was born, I only have one wish and that he is as horrible <laughs> as you were. And I got pretty lucky. I, You know, I look back and, and Daniel was, and maybe this is true, or I guess it's not true for everybody. Everybody's story is different. But it seemed to me like the first one was easy. Easier, just sleep-wise and feeding and everything. And then the second one comes and kind of shows up and says, oh, you think this is easy? Mm. I'll show you how difficult this can be. Right. Because David wasn't a sleeper and he was a picky eater. and it was So many times they're opposites. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So anyhow, if you've got parents who are uh, pushing the grandchildren on you, well, it's typical. The uh, the uh, poll also asked people to name the ideal number of kids to have, and almost no one in 2023 wants more than three or four max. Oh, right. The That's, most common answer was two. Seems like a lot. Yeah. I, li- I like this. The most common answer was two, and zero <laughs> was the <laughs> next answer. <laughs> we don't have to really worry about this now until next summer, but if you're one who enjoys dining outdoors in your backyard or perhaps uh, on a patio... What do we all do when uh, a fly lands on our food? We all just brush it away and get right back to eating. Mm -hmm. But this might change your approach. (sighs) Turns out uh, within a few seconds of a fly landing on your food, it starts vomiting digestive fluid on it. What? The fly... Is trying to get it soggy enough that it can slurp it up. Uh, since flies don't have teeth. And since flies aren't actually, you know, sanitary bugs, you see them buzzing around manure. Well, they slurp that up as well. Right. Great. So when a fly throws up on your food, even though it's a tiny amount, they could be spreading bacteria, salmonella, and E. coli. Lovely. Not every fly is going to contaminate your food, but they could. And babies, elderly people, and people with weaker immune systems are more susceptible. Well, if you want to eat outdoors still, keep the area trash-free. The trash attracts flies. And if possible, use the uh, citronella candles or other repellents. Or just go indoors. I've never been one for that loved eating outside. I mean, a patio on a, on a pub, mm. there might be one thing. But uh, but I'm I'm not big on it. Yeah, well, uh, we do, you know, with the pool and the table right there and the barbecue right there, especially if we have people over, just makes life easier. So we do spend a lot of time in the summer when we have uh, guests eating outdoors. But it's not something that, like, Maria and I and, and when the boys were living with us, it's not something the four of us would just go out and do. Right. Well, I packed away all of the patio furniture yesterday. Yeah. I'm not sure... I know we didn't eat out there, I don't think. Did you sit on it once? I could probably count on one hand 
the amount of times I was out on it. This is the expensive stuff you went out with. Well, I was able to kind of talk them down <laughs> into uh, not the most expensive of it. Yeah. Because I had a feeling. It is terrible that we, you know, the summer is so short. And I understand the humid, hot nights. I get it. But those lovely summer evenings... And we cannot seem to drag ourselves outside. Right. We sit hunkered in front of the TV with the air on. Well, and the funny thing is, is that we have the technology now to move the TVs outside. Yeah, everything. And, and I, listen, I often go to, uh, to, you know, other, you have hockey parties or whatever, people's backyards that are very nice. Like yours, they have a pool. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of them have, will have that like tiki bar thing. Yeah. A, and we, we did that rock your block at one. It was Beautiful. TVs outside everything hooked up that all looks nice and yep. lovely you would uh, never use it i i would probably not use it nearly as much as i think i would yep. right as much as i want to have that i just don't know how much i'd actually use it yeah if you uh if you had a pool and the tiki bar and the tv was facing the pool and there was like a ball game on or a golf tournament if you had the choice because i know this is me i say to myself all the time oh i'd, I'd sit outside at my bar and i'd I'd watch the golf tournament or I'd, you know, whatever. I'd have the ball game on in the background and I just wouldn't. Yeah. I just wouldn't. Well, I mean, I, I, I would have a feeling at where I, my state now, mm. I'd be sending the kids out there. All right. Yeah. You guys, you, you get your buddies over. Yeah. I don't want them in my house. Yeah. Go watch TV out back in the, uh, the hut, wherever the hell you're watching it. Mm. And, you know, the other day, I, I'd, one's in the basement, one's in the living room, the other's in the bedroom. I, I sat in the corner on my phone watching the game. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Oh, it's, we're just so lazy and sad. And I say to myself every summer, as summer approaches, that's it, this year. Because of my flipping hours, too, it's even more pathetic. <laughs> I'm like, get, out, get outside, ride your bike, or go to the driving range a few days a week and do something. Right. But no, July is just like January in my life. Mm. Right home, fill my fi- fill my face full of food, and uh, and out cold on the couch. And it's even more so with the backyard now that the, the kids aren't there. I mean, we. I, if you think you sat on your patio furniture maybe once or twice, I think I was in the pool once or twice. Wow! Barely touched it. Cleaned it, looked at it occasionally, not from outside. <laughs> looked at it from the kitchen window. And uh, just remember, next summer when you are having people over and you're barbecuing and you're eating outdoors and somebody says, hmm, what's this flavor? You can say. Matthew Perry's Friends co-stars have released a joint statement. And here's what they said. We are all so utterly devastated by the loss of Matthew. We were more than just castmates. We are family. There is so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this loss. In time, we will say more as and when we are able. For now, our thoughts and our love are with Maddie's family, his friends, and everyone who loved him around the world. And the uh, message was signed by uh, Jennifer, Courtney, Lisa, Matt, and David Schwimmer. So, mm. yeah, they were uh, they were actually really you know well bonded in terms of the cast because I think they all kind of came from the same spot, right? They were relatively unknown mm-hmm. when uh, when they got those roles. I remember there's a great story that they told about the, the producer taking them out to Vegas the night before the premiere mm. and said, like, go enjoy your last night of anonymity because it's going to change after tomorrow and you know how, how telling that was. But even when you talk about all their contract negotiations, they they always kept it even. 
mm-hmm. right? They they negotiated as a group. You know, there was no men make more, women make less. It was and and those who could have moved on and done other things and uh, or did other things and gained more popularity. You know, obviously Jennifer Aniston uh, when when the Rachel haircut came out, right. she she took it to a new level of stardom above some of the others, but. They all negotiated together. Yeah, I think there was, you know, it was a 10 year long uh, show. And I think for the first few years, they probably had their agents do whatever. But I think as they were coming down to the final uh, few years is when David Schwimmer supposedly came up with the idea of all for one and one for all. And Matthew Perry uh, talked about it in an interview he did um, when he was promoting his uh, autobiography. And he basically thought Schwimmer was an idiot for thinking we could all get the same dough together. But, right. Uh, but it worked out quite uh, quite nice for all of them at, a, I think, a million bucks an episode for the last few years, anyhow. Um Matthew Perry spent a lot of that, though, in rehab. Yeah, like nine million bucks spent mm-hmm. on going to rehab. Into rehab like 15 times. And, you know, you have to applaud him. He certainly never gave up the battle. And so much so, uh, as he had gotten healthier, he was playing a lot of pickleball, we now know. He was playing pickleball the day he, he died on Saturday. Uh, and in the months up to uh, leading up to his death, he was in the process of starting a foundation uh, called uh, Perry House. Now, I just realized this. It wasn't like he went and bought some old, you know, uh, industrial unit and tried to turn it into some kind of rehab center. He spent like half a million dollars refitting his own home in the Malibu Hills. Wow. To put the sober house right, right at his home so he could be there for people all the time. My goodness. And I just thought to myself, well, first, okay, can you really trust Drug addicts right. and, and people trying to, you know, yeah. if they came in and robbed you or killed you. Well, for, I mean, he, he was doing just that when he yeah. was, you know, at his worst was was robbing people for pills. Yeah, just absolutely crazy. Um, his uh, book, uh, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, is, of course, now number one on Amazon after mm. following, uh, following his death. So we shall see. I know that all of his uh, his stepfather... And uh, his his uh, d- uh, dad and his mom and all his uh, stepsisters and brothers, I guess they were all at the house like Saturday evening. They all came in. So I'm sure there will be a big funeral for uh, Matthew Perry in the coming days. Yeah, the Friends stars have all said that they would take part in any memorials or funerals plans that are happening. There was a report that Lisa Kudrow was going to adopt his dog. But oh, yeah? pe- people now says that that's not true. He never had one. but. Hmm. I guess people are just trying to, to, to float any story of positive sure. out there. And it seems like a, a Phoebe thing to it do. It does, doesn't it? Well, it is Halloween. We can tell this because every adult that works in this building has spent more time putting together their costume. <laughs> 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 like, it is elaborate in here. We got the whole entire Mario's world going on in the newsroom. Yeah, I think uh, so. it looks like the newsroom's gone to some sort of Mario Kart or... Uh, or, or Super Mario Brothers theme, mm-hmm. which um, I, I believe we are radio still, right? They, nobody can see you. Yeah, right. they don't seem okay. to quite. They don't seem to quite get that. It's a new concept. Yeah. Well, you listen. You got to put a lot of effort in, post some photos, so thirty-two people can hit like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every year this happens. They, I'll, I'll come to work on Halloween and I'll hear it. For, oh, why aren't you dressed up? What are you dressed up as? And I'll say, I'm dressed up as an adult who went to work. (laughs) (sighs) So, with it being Halloween, here's some random Halloween-ish facts. Disneyland's Pirate of the Caribbean ride originally featured real human remains. What? 
They were acquired through uh, UCLA. The ride was a big investment, and Disney thought the uh, fake skeletons of the time just were not convincing enough. They say they've since replaced all the actual bones with models. So they say. Mm-hmm. This is an island you don't want to go to, Lucky. Island of the Dolls. It's in Mexico, and it's supposed to be one of the most haunted places on Earth. Oh. Island of the Dolls? Mm-hmm. Why? Why well, do you call that? Uh, legend has it the island's caretaker found a girl who drowned in the mysterious circumstances. The next day, he discovered a doll floating in the water where nope. she had died. No. Nope. And nope. he hung it from a tree. The young girl's spirit haunted the island, and to appease her, the caretaker kept hanging dolls from the trees until his death in 2001. You're right. Not getting me there. I no. won't go into the room of the dolls if you go over <laughs> to someone's houses. Right, right. Like, like like people who collect these bloody things. Even dolls at Toys R Us you don't want to walk No, even that little, that little aisle is spooky. Yeah. Uh, history shows... That the fear of being buried alive has some degree of merit. There were stories of it happening enough that safety coffins were built during the 18th and 19th century. Uh, they would have a bell above the ground that a person could ring from below. Oh, come on. They suddenly came back to life. How many people would just prank by, by sitting in the, in the cemetery oh, ringing yeah. that bell at night? Oh, yeah. Walking by a cemetery or through a cemetery and walking by a gravestone and the ring of that bell starts, I'd have a heart attack and die right on the spot. <laughs> it could swap me out for the person that's alive in the car. It is weird. Like, you know, you go to a cemetery, I always find it weird is where do you walk? You don't want to walk over top right. of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have, um, what is the cemetery out at Bayview in the 407? Oh, I know that one. That yeah, big Holy one. Cross. Yes, yeah. And um, I got family in there. My, uh, oh yeah. If you're anybody who's Catholic, has probably got somebody they either were related to or were friends of in right. that place because it's just massive. And Maria's got a lot of her family in there, so we've been there uh, many a time. And uh, where her sister is, it's uh, outdoors, but a. a Right near her uh, grave is uh, just a row of beautiful homes. Like, you can kind of see into the backyard. Okay. And I always just think, all right, living next to a golf course is one thing. <laughs> but you're out in your pool on a beautiful summer day, and you're just hearing some wo woman wailing to the right. heavens. true. What am I to do without you? Yeah, I, I don't know. And and I, you know, I've, I've admitted, I don't believe in any of it. I think once you're in the ground, you're in the ground, and that's it. But still spooky, There's though. still something spooky about it. Yeah. No thanks. Anyhow, the reason they had these bells over the grave is so that if people <laughs> were buried when they were still alive, they could ring the bell, someone would come and dig them out. And it was all because of epidemics back then when uh, people were worried they'd be mistaken for being dead. So look. You can blame government or hospitals or everybody for the mistakes you think were made during our <laughs> pandemic. At least you weren't buried alive. Take that to your grave. Uh, dead bodies can get goosebumps. In the living, goosebumps are a nervous system reaction to external stimuli. But in the dead, it's part of rigor mortis. Okay. I've often heard, too, that when you die, you, like, lose control, like your muscles relax, of course, and so you lose control of your bowels or bodily functions. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Can you ask her? Get your dad on the line. Not right away. 
Well, you would think everything would loosen up and then that would happen, I wouldn't it? I can't imagine it happens right away. I hope not. I mean, I, I, I fear death like everybody, but I fear that more than the death. Like, I don't want anybody coming and finding me in my bed and I poop myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, when you die, the last sense to leave your body is the ability to hear. Oh, I got to remember that. Yeah. Because when you go... The last thing I'll hear <laughs> is this laugh. <laughs> rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.